apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home is an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810, call for additional details. so confused i'm dizzy <laughs> the outrage is not the assault but the support he is getting he committed a crime and that's most upsetting people care more no people care more now about ideals and feelings when actual violence is committing is it appealing i'm so confused where we are as a whole with no more morals values in a country without a soul the people nowadays care more about feelings. They don't care at all about mending or about healing. They don't want to heal because they really don't care. And if you don't agree with them, then you're the one to fear. If they truly cared, they'd open their eyes to the truth that is behind all the political lies. Say what we want. Say what we want you to say, or we will call it misinformation. They don't see that there can be more than one interpretation. They call themselves progressives and think that they are right. And if you do not go along with them, well, get ready to fight. They call themselves a party of equity, but only as long as you adhere and always agree. They don't allow conversation, and that's just not cool. It's obvious they don't care and just want to rule. Welcome to Divided We Stand. I am Jim Battisti, and as always, this is Joe Aguirre. We are going to talk politics in a down-to-earth manner. I think we will. A very truthful, factual way, I hope. I uh, want to open the show tonight by saying uh, thank you to Joe. So, Joe, thank you very much for bringing me into this conversation, to bringing me into this podcasting world, and having me uh, be a part of this. I truly appreciate it, and I think... Uh, 
my opening monologue, my opening rhyme time there was something that this show is geared towards, right? So nowadays people don't want to listen. Everybody has something to say, but nobody wants to listen. And which leads me to my first topic, which is hate speech or the First Amendment being shut down as we can see it, all right? Uh, I hate the term hate speech. Um, I want to start out by saying that if you think hate speech is something that causes a riot or causes violence, there's actual there's an actual term for that. It's called incitement. It's yeah. an actual law, right? In Florida, it's a in Florida, it's a felony. I'm sure it is. In D.C., it's a misdemeanor. Yeah, right, I'm so sure there's me, a lot of things in Florida that are felonies now. So let me just start off by saying that it's not. Uh, uh, hate speech it's incitement all right so hopefully we can dispel with that it causes you know i'm saying it causes violence there's there's an actual law right so we're going to talk about hate speech and uh what's protected under the constitution what's not and to help us discuss this tonight we're going to bring on our first guest right for the show all right he's a former contractor that was hit hard in the economic crash of 2007 2008 Michael Voldre started working as a night janitor at uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute and began attending classes during the day. He graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering and was worked in the aerospace field after that. So everybody, let's go ahead and welcome Michael. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Hello, Jim. Hello, Joe. It's going well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Mike, I know, uh, and we're going to touch, uh, uh, we're we're going to touch back on the economic portion of your life there. But at first, we, we got to get your reaction to the Will Smith slap heard around the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I, I have a take on it, and uh, so what we all witnessed. Uh, of course, I didn't. Uh, I didn't stay up and watch it. In fact, I didn't even know the, the Academy Awards were were going on. If it wasn't for that uh, uh, that assault, and it wasn't assault, if it wasn't for that, you know, I wouldn't know anything about it. So, uh, what we saw was an assault, and we Will Smith is the offender, and Chris Rock is the victim, and so all the world is talking about that. Will Smith being the assaulter. Yes, I have a different take on that, and. Uh, I wonder if Will chose different behavior that night rather than get up and walk across the stage very de- demonstratively and slap Chris Rock. I wonder if instead he just stood up, grabbed his wife's hand, Jada, and with his chin held high, walked out of the Academy Awards. I think the headlines might read the next morning, did Chris Rock go too far? So you know, I think if very Will had an opportunity, I never thought about that, Mike. If Will had an opportunity, made, kind of I think also, about, yeah, strategy. I also, I also think it would have made a bigger statement for Will in, yeah. in, in Will's side there if he did something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, right. he would have come across as chivalrous, right? There are some people who see this as like, dude, he stood up for his wife. It's like, but you don't deck somebody in an award show on national TV defending your wife. You're exactly right, Mike. Uh, and yeah, I hadn't thought about that either. Had he done that and made that statement and sort of put his foot down as to, because listen, you know, 
uh, I'm sure everyone has seen the Ricky Gervais Golden Globes uh, from a couple of years ago where he just torched Lamb. everybody. Yeah. I, I've watched that, my God. Mike, drop, I'm out of here. Times I've seen Chris Rock get slapped. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, really kind of to that point, I'll elaborate on that later on. Will Smith was applauded. And that, you know, a lot of people have seen that applause as support and maybe identifying that support to him actually slapping Chris. And there might be some to that because I've seen, uh, I don't watch them regularly, but I've seen in the past where the MC uh, makes jokes and the you know, people sitting out in the audience here, the, the movie stars are, are the butt of those jokes. And I've seen them cringe. I've, I've heard them been booed. There's a lot of pressure on Academy Award hosts to do well. In fact, they're often harshly criticized the next day. So there's pressure on those, usually it's a comedian, to have really good material. Well, and you know, so like when you do that, that, I think... Not, not, not only that, but it, this isn't anything new, right? I mean, you should... It's not new. Gets, everybody gets freaking ripped on. It, 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 that's that's right. But, but here's, I mean, that's what comedians do. Here's my little perspective on it. I, I wonder if that support is, geez, Will did something that we would have loved to have done ourselves previously because we were the butt of, of those jokes. They're, you know, they're elite movie stars, and they, they're there to become even more rich and famous, let's face it. <laughs> and to be a butt of a joke is, is not part of their agenda that night. You know what, though? I, again, I, it brings me back to every comedian that's ever hosted every award show has opened up by ripping on people in the crowd. This is expected. This is known. And it's, it's, it's been accepted for since the beginning of these award shows. That's right. And, and, and one has to speculate if Will felt emboldened because he was a nominee for uh, an Academy Award. Well, you know what? I think it's whether he was felt emboldened or not, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that he would go up there, assault a man on national television, give a speech about love, get a standing ovation, and then a day later, his wife tweet out about healing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like you're just making yourself look dumb it's, at this point. It's in my confusing opinion. to kind of put all the pieces together and make sense of it. So the only reason why I really want to talk about Will Smith, because quite frankly, Will Smith doesn't pay my bills. Yeah. Right? So I, I mean, if he did, I'd be backing him up here. But and he, and he certainly so, has damaged his image uh, irreparably. Absolutely, absolutely. But the reason why I wanted to talk about him was because there was a poll that came out. There's 53 percent of the people polled. Now I don't know if these were Democrats, Republicans, just you know people off the street. So that's why I say it that way. 53% of the people polled out of 1,001 people supported Will in slapping him, right? 50, that's over half the population, half the people that were polled supported him slapping him. Now, my question, and I, w I wish I could talk to these 53% and be like, how many of you think there's hate speech? How many of you think there's microaggressions and that words can hurt you? but yet support actual violence. Because if you do, you're kind of, you're kind of backwards there, Pete. Yeah. You know, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you there are some millennials 
and there are some of those far, far, far left, not liberals, but, you know, far, far left people out there that are like, no, there's hate speech, but this is okay. You can go smack a guy. for so, you know, And it's this is where we are as a country, and it's sad, in my opinion. It's sad uh, because, you know, 53% of the people kind of supporting that type of behavior. Yeah, it's sad, but there there are consequences, and there are going to be consequences for Will Smith. They may not be uh, uh, to the point where, you know, Chris Rock didn't uh, press charges, so there might not be any legal uh, consequences. But that doesn't matter, right? I don't understand why that matters, and that's a good point. Everybody says that, right? And good on Chris Rock, and I, and, and you know, and I applaud him for that. But it, in a domestic violence case, right? So if I beat Joe and he's my, you know, my wife, yes, you're the girl in this, and and you press charges, or you don't press charges, right. you're like, no, I don't want to press charges. No, no, no. The cops are taking somebody to jail. Somebody's going to jail, whether you press charges or Correct. not. Yeah. So what is the difference? Why is Will Smith not going to jail? Well, you know, his uh, his fame. You well, know. I'll tell you, for me, I've always loved Will Smith. I've just always been As like, do I. that guy, right? How do you not love Will Smith? And, and yeah. I'm going to go watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it at yeah. all. I, I didn't realize he was. I didn't know the Oscars were that night. I didn't know he was nominated. I yeah. didn't know he'd never been nominated before. And quite frankly, I didn't care. Because I don't really consider him like a, hey, give that guy an Oscar. You know what I mean? Hey, uh, Mike, can you do me a favor? Can you ask your wife as an aspiring actor, should I have cared that the Emmys were on <laughs> or the Oscars? Yeah, you probably, probably know I, what I it was, too. should have yeah. She'll probably say, uh, if you're invited or hosting. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You better like care. That I'll take that answer. Thank you very much. But, yep. hey, you know what, Mike? The reason why I really wanted to bring you on, and because I, I really wanted a different perspective here. You... you from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, but back in 2007, 2008, in that big crash and that recession, uh, if, I'm, uh, if I understand correctly, you lost a business. Is that right? Yeah, we, we lost everything. The business, our house, uh, one of our vehicles was repossessed. Uh, fortunately, I owned the other one, so they, they couldn't take that. But we were fortunate enough when they repossessed it, we were already out of the house and in an apartment, and the apartment was close to... Uh, the college I was working at, WPI. So I walked to work for uh, almost two years and I walked to class. Uh, so it, it really turned out to be a uh, one of those things that uh, a decision that was just really uh, tremendous for us. I wasn't uh, said, hey, let's move right next to the college because we're going to lose one of our vehicles. That, that wasn't part of the calculus there. We just did it because we thought it would be convenient. And it turned out it more than more ways than one. Yeah. What sort of business did you own? I was a plastering contractor for many years, and the uh, very quickly the, the the construction dried up. And it, you know, and, and speaking of that that particular crash, things happened very quickly. Enron folded almost overnight. Lehman Brothers, Lehman Brothers, a, a staple in a financial institution, folded up overnight. Things were happening real quickly. There was a Tremendous amount of people underwater in their in their home uh, mortgages, yeah. And that was the big big driver. And it took a few years for all those homes, all those foreclosures, to kind of get uh, uh, 
uh, to work their way through the market to get the house market healthy again. And I think that's one of the key differences between then and now. Now we're kind of looking at inflation as being a, a, a threat. And we kind of saw that coming even before the Ukraine uh, war. Yes, we did. Yes, yeah. we did. So I don't know. I don't understand why uh, Joe Biden is calling this, you know, Putin's price hikes, because these price hikes all over started well before Putin did anything. Well, again, uh, inflation generally comes from a booming economy. It's, again, supply and demand. If people have more money, they're going to want more stuff. And companies, not for nothing, they're not going to charge less. They're going to charge more. And that's what causes inflation. Yeah. And, and then, kind of again, so compound it with. The, the Russian invasion, the fact that we're the, the, the top two oil producers in the world, of course the price is going to go up. But as I told you, uh, on March 9th, when the, we had a 72-cent jump in the prices, every economist will tell you that didn't need to happen. That was the oil companies just making sure they didn't lose a nickel. Well, so, perhaps I, it was uh, bad for them. Perhaps it was uh, they were thinking, hey, this is payback for the shutdown. Oil prices went way, way down. Gas, you know, what were gasoline prices during the uh, the 2020 uh, time period? With given the shutdown due to the pandemic, I believe. Was it, I believe I saw. I, I believe I saw numbers under one do, like one ninety nine. Made zero profits during. Yeah, you know, <laughs> zero okay. profits during uh, the so, height of the pandemic. So maybe now this is a time to go under the uh, the cover of this uh, Ukraine uh, in Russia war. Go under that cover and raise the prices kind of artificially as payback for all the money they lost during the uh, uh, pandemic. Or, or maybe it's because Joe Biden came over, got elected and said, hey, guess what? All the very, very lucrative oil fields, we're going to shut them down. We're not going Which to ones? The Which ones, ones offshore drillings, the ones on the federal property. Oh, the the ones know, that we're the, not supposed to drill on. All the ones that, yes, you know, the ones that'll damage the economy, that, uh, the, uh, the environment. The environment. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. We, we don't want that. We are the. We have 9,000 unused drilling permits in this all country right, right now. Start, start drilling, find the oil, and if you can't, then start bitching. There's extreme difference here. All right. So for those who keep following this 9,000 permit crap, Right. There, there are. There's 9,000 permits out there. Okay. Excuse me. There's 9,000 leases. Right. There's 9,000 leases on land so you can drill oil. What they are not providing, what the government is not providing these oil companies, and what they're not telling you and in being intellectually dishonest is that they're not giving them the drilling permits to drill on those 9,000 pieces of freaking land. They're not allowing them to. Yeah. Jimmy, let me ask you a question. Why would they do that? So again, th this is where you guys start to lose me with this. Like, why? You, again, you think? Oh, you think Joe Biden? You think Joe Biden? You think Joe Biden and the Democrats crap. want want the gas? Uh, uh, I mean, he just released a million barrels of oil today. We're going to have about a hundred million come out of the out of the out of our our, our reserve. Which, which will which will lower the price until, of course, the gas companies will be like, well, we got to still get ours, and they'll jack the price up anyway. Our buddy Sketchy Peasant lives out in California, paid six eighteen a gallon today. He said it's hard for a Sketchy Peasant to afford the petroleum. I, sketchy, I feel you, buddy. Sorry, sorry, Sketch. But Mike, the so you saw 
the economy and, and you, you could follow it then and you saw the trends and you saw everything that was happening in real time and how is it affecting you and how it was affecting you real time. What do you see any comparison between now and then or do you? I think it's very, very different. And we weren't really looking at the specter of inflation back then like it is now. Uh, I, I don't know what the heck it's at now. Eight, eight seven point one. Seven point one, yeah. And the the Fed's already talked about multiple rate increases this year. We didn't have that back then. In fact, the, the Fed was keeping it down and actually made some, lowered it to help clear that housing inventory. So th this is a very different uh, feel to it to me. I've been fortunate where I I kept my job during the uh, the the, uh, the the work stop due to the pandemic. Uh, so I was very fortunate. And I'm and I'm and I work at home from home now too, uh, so I'm very fortunate in that regard. Where I have a job that I could work remotely, um, and you know, to me, even before the pandemic, you know, as I was driving into work every day, I thought this is ridiculous. Why can't most of these people work from home? Because we got to get off the road. There's too many cars on the road, and you know, we got this uh, huge infrastructure bill that's right. that's going to go through. And we're going to have major road work and major bridge work. And that never, ever helps the flow of traffic while it's under construction. It hampers it. And we're well, buying more and more stuff from Amazon. And more and more trucks are on the road. So it, 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 it's really kind of a, uh, a mixed blessing that we're, we're, a lot of us are working from home now to alleviate some of that congestion on the road. So it's a very oh, different field this time, Jim. I thought working, I think, you know, I also think that working from home is, is something that wasn't available in 2007, 2008. So people, you know, people are now a lot more fortunate. They can keep jobs where before, you know, you were just getting tanked oh, sure, all the time. Yeah. You know, so that's a big reason for the whole tank of the economy. But, I mean, there are experts coming out nowadays, you know, every day that's saying that we're, we're, in, we're in store for another recession coming up. Yeah, so I. I Cyclically, we're, we're due, yeah. You know, I, I I really do. I really hope not. I mean, everybody is turning over for you know, four hundred one ks and stuff like that. And a sketchy peasant. Everyone's talking about inflation and rising prices for goods and services. Why aren't people bitching and complaining about stagnant wages for the past fifty years? Again, yeah. Everybody, especially people on this side, they just like to those old rich guys. You for some reason, you guys just put them up here. God forbid J.P. Morgan should should uh, pay a couple bucks more in taxes. Oh God, um, I I did a thing earlier today. I, I was on a uh, conservative talk radio station today, and they hated my guts for uh, <laughs> good reason. I talked about baseball just to try to cool it for a few minutes, and of course, I got right back into it. Sixty-eight percent of Major League Baseball players make less than six hundred thousand dollars a year. Every single owner is worth at least $400 million. That's the Reds owner, uh, Castellani, is worth $400,000. Everybody else is $700,000 to uh, Cohen of the Mets there. Makes, uh, it's like worth $13.8 billion. And people are like, oh, those guys, are you serious? You're worried about those guys? Really? You know, there's a great line in, in a Bronx tale. Uh, 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 it's a, uh, De Niro says yes. it to uh, his kid. Yes. Mickey Mantle doesn't pay your rent. Well, neither do the Steinbrenners. <laughs> what are you worried about billionaires for? 
I mean, not for nothing, Albert Castellani, the, the owner of the Reds, it, it, he probably only has uh, one holo- helicopter pad on his yacht. What a loser. Okay, okay, okay. okay hold on. What hold a on. bum. I, I got it. That's interject. like the JV team. I got to interject here, and I'm going to ask you both a question, and it's a simple yes, I agree, or no, I disagree, okay? So, do we all agree that there's corruption in politics? Agree or disagree? Agreed. Always has been there, always will be. Okay. Agree. Do we agree that politicians, especially male politicians, are going to be the womanizing type? It's just baked into the cake, is it not? To achieve levels of visibility like that takes a certain amount of ego. And I think it's really kind of tied with that, having such a high ego. To gratify that ego, there's a sexual component to it when it comes to men. Okay, right. so that's a great explanation for it. My point of all this—I agree is, now. My point of all this is, it's baked into the cake, and everybody just accepts it. Yep. Well, I don't. Rich people are the same way. Rich people want to stay rich. Rich people are want to gonna are gonna want to make more money. So why? That's just baked into the cake. That's we just need to accept that. So why does that make them horrible? Let, let me they, tell you. Let me about? tell you a story. I want to tell you a story about about what what a piece of garbage the governor of Connecticut is. Democrat Ned Lamont has never held any office. And he did. This is this, he's a Democrat. He's a Democratic Trump. He just decided he tried to buy uh, the senatorial seat. He lost. Our governor finished his his two terms. The seat was pretty open. The Republicans don't have a chance in this state <sighs> because because that. they because they, well because they want to be ten they're, they're mini Trumps. You, you're in a liberal state. You better get a little more down the middle. Or you're going to get killed. We haven't had a Republican senator in this state since 1988, and he quickly became a, a an independent shortly thereafter. Low Liker. We have. I'm a, a Massachusetts transplant, so I feel your pain. Yeah. So, so here's what Ned Lamont did. Ned Lamont's a billionaire. He won the governorship. This state was in a disastrous state financially. And, and what Ned Lamont did was, Ned Lamont had the option to, he could have increased the top 1% earners in Connecticut with a 0.02 tax, and it would have solved every problem we had. They were floating tolls for a while in Connecticut. 0.02, look it up. I'll show you the article. This is insane. He wouldn't do it. Because see, Ned Lamont is one of them. Ned Lamont has to go to the yacht club and be like, sorry, fellas, but I taxed you and me. Why would he do that? Instead, he did an amazing job. He, he's got this state in, in fiscal order. You know what he did? He withheld $682 million in promised tax cuts to the middle and poor class of Connecticut. And now we're, now we're turning a surplus. Oh, that's great. Yeah, people are like, that's what you get when you have a businessman. <laughs> the, the poor people of Connecticut with Democratic leadership are tremendously worse off than they were before. That's right, and they always are. I would like to say I tip my hat to Ned Lamont for legalizing marijuana. He's a good man. I... Yeah, he's, got his, <laughs> he's got his strengths. He's got his weaknesses. 
Uh, sketchy peasant says Joe, the baseball owners worked hard for their money. The 68% need to pick themselves up by the bootstraps and work harder. Those players were just not working hard enough. Sketchy peasant for the win. I love him. <laughs> I do. But hey, trying to trying to bring this all back around. Mike, so you would you see would you say that there is a recession in our future? Yeah, I, I don't see how we, we we skirt around it, given, you know, the all the pandemic and uh, the uh, uh, the checks that went out uh, for folks. What is it? Two, three cycles of checks that went out. Um, yeah. it, you know, and then we have, you know, the, the great resignation, too. Uh, I think that's kind of helping to force wages up. Uh, but but that's not going to help inflation either. So. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think we're heading into a, another recession. Do you think that the, uh, 5.8 trillion dollar budget plan that Biden just proposed is going to help? No, it's not going to help, but to be fair, he is paying for all with that. So yeah. <laughs> he's just kicking it down the road for now. <laughs> and I hate that. You know, I hate that. You know, oh, I mean, we, I, we, I, I am, if, if there's a place where I'm conservative, it's with the books. I'm the fiscal conservative type. I, I, we waste so much money in this country unnecessarily. I believe in social safety net programs. You need 56 different ones that do the same thing. Consolidate it. That way, less red tape. You get it out quicker, and it's more accountable. That, that I mean, again, there's good ideas on that side. There's good ideas. Marry them. Marry them. I, I, be I effective. Like it. I like it. Mike. You know how the Democrats will marry anything. <laughs> We we need some good bridges, you know. Uh, yeah. We we're seeing a, a couple major collapses a year because that yeah. can has been kicked down the road, kicked down the road. We got to get that money to the people on the front line well, to actually make a difference well, with yeah, the infrastructure. I really hope you know they, we passed that was a one point seven trillion dollar infrastructure bill. I just really hope that the money this time gets to where it needs to go. Yeah, but uh, Mike, uh, bef before we let you go. All right, and I really, really, truly appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your experiences and your wisdom. I gotta ask you one final question. All right, and I and and I gotta have an answer from you. Who's to blame? Who's to blame? Who's to blame for the upcoming recession? Huh. Yeah, I I once learned that you know when you when you point the finger of 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 blame, this, there's three fingers pointing back at the real blame. I think we got to look to ourselves, really, you know, on on all these issues, including the hate speech, everything we talked about, individual behavior and how we purport ourselves with our, you know, fellow uh, uh, citizens and uh, of the world matters. You know, it, it. You know, we can't just go around slapping people, and we can't just go around assigning blame all the time or spending a lot of conversation assigning blame. We got to spend a lot of conversation on looking for solutions i like it that's probably the best answer i've ever gotten right there truly i i agree wholeheartedly i think uh joe and i talk about it quite a bit on personal accountability uh and, and just how there is none anymore and i agree with you wholeheartedly so uh mike uh, uh again thank you very much for coming on i truly appreciate it yeah um, it, it was fun great dialogue i loved it yeah 
I, I love your insight, truly. Yeah, you're fantastic. We definitely got to have you back, and I'm thrilled to death that you brought him on. Yeah, he was like, hey, are you cool with it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with it. Of course. I Let's hear what the guy has to say. You're brilliant, and I definitely think he thought you were going to agree with him more. <laughs> nah, I, I agree with myself mostly. <laughs> hey, that's the best way to be. Yeah. That's the best way to be. Uh, let me leave you with this thought. I, I was on this conservative radio station today. I've been reading a lot of articles about Biden's disastrous economic policies. And each of these articles, they talk about his cognitive disabilities, uh, his perceived lack of leadership. And I'm like, well, wait, which are the, what programs? Every, I've clicked on about 10 different articles today and not in any of them that anybody, and I, and I went on the air on this conservative station. I said, can somebody call me up? Tell me what, the, I, I'm being serious. If there's a disastrous policy, I want to know what it is because I want to be pissed about it and want to rant and rave about it. Four hours, nobody had an answer. So I, again, I'm curious what it is if it's not just the right-wing media beating people over the head to the point where this is an unbelievable number. According to a new poll, 39% of Democrats think that Joe Biden's policies might be hurting America. That's insane. Again, ask those people which ones. Uh, I think hurting <laughs> America just by being Joe Biden. That's what every article says. That's what I, but again, I want to know the specific economic policy that's hurting America because the Dow Jones is down 3% for the year despite all of what's been going on. Um, no, 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 no. Listen, the poverty rate's down 1%. From from a year ago. So uh, again, what's the disastrous policy? Gas prices are up. We know why. Food prices are up. Food supply chain. We 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 know what the issues are. And gas prices. Yeah, but again, how was that Joe Biden's fault? Because he did. Because he what? Tell me what he did. Tell me what he did. Because and, and if you say he shut down production, I'm gonna scream. He didn't. He Tell just me he no didn't. production was shut down. We still produce 12 million uh, 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 barrels of oil, just like we did under Trump, just like we did under Obama. And it was about 10 million under under Bush. And how many are we using in this country now from here? Jimmy. That we could be. Jimmy, because, we could because be. your heroes at, at, at ExxonMobil want to export the oil to Europe to make more money than if they did it here. So we, we produce two-thirds of our—we could potentially— we use 18.9 million barrels a day. We produce 12. Yet somehow, Mike, we import 55% of our oil. It, it, it is so much better for ExxonMobil to take the stuff from the Gulf Coast, ship it overseas. They can jack up the price because they have to ship it. Hey, do you know other countries are having these problems with the gas prices and oil prices and stuff? And you know what they've done? They've called in the freaking oil companies, and they've called in the gas company CEOs, and they've asked for help. How can we fix this? How can we lower these prices? And they're more than willing to help. Do you know who's not reached out? Hold on. You're going to let me finish. Yeah, please. Do you know who has not reached out to one oil gas CEO? Our president. Have you talked to every one of these oil executives? You know that's a fact that he hasn't talked to any of them. The White House came out and said. We're, we're not, not talking, talking to any today. of them. Because 
Peter Ducey from Fox News. Now, Jimmy, I'm not just watching saying, Fox News. Again, was that the White again, House it, press but I'm just saying, if you think that's a possibility, White House press briefing, if that's a legit possibility, you up, think he wouldn't have talked to them? He brought this issue up, and she, Jen Psaki said, an we're, we're not discussing this with them. We don't feel in to discuss this with Pete them. Pete Ducey asked him last week why the majority of Americans think that he has cognitive disabilities when he's exhibited zero. Again, no evidence to, to make a statement like that. And and again, right-wing media is beating people over the head with it. No cognitive decline. None. He's as stupid as he's always been. What are you talking about? He stutters. He's an idiot. You understand. He goes off the cuff and says stupid stuff. He makes up hey, completely Mike, asinine stories about people that didn't exist. Mike, he's want, always done that. You want to be a part of this? Because by all means, jump in here. <laughs> all right? Because it's about to get nasty here. It, it is. It's about to get a little nasty, Mike. Yeah, so I, I do believe there's some cognitive dec decline in uh, our president. Um, one of the reasons I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for the other guy either because I have my issues with with him as well. Uh, I actually yeah. didn't vote in the last presidential uh, election because I couldn't uh, uh, stomach either two of the candidates. And frankly, for the first time in a long time, I couldn't stomach either of the uh, running mates as well. Touche. Fair. Fair. <laughs> yeah, very fair. She's, i got to say this. She's been unbelievably underwhelming. Kamala Harris. I, I feel as though she's way out of her league. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think she was absolutely underqualified for this job. But I want to say this about his cognitive decline here. So everybody's heard about the other day when he said publicly in Poland, you know, to everybody in the world that Putin must not remain in power, right? We all heard this. That was a mistake. That was a huge... Now, I'm not saying I don't agree with it. Right. But that was a huge mistake. Everybody knows that Putin is waiting and trying to come up with an excuse to blame us. Right. Well, he just give. Well, see, now Joe Biden is telling us I need to be removed. He's coming after us. They're the bad guys. Now, was it a mistake? Absolutely. Would he have done that 25 years ago? Would he have made that kind of mistake 25 years ago? Yes, he's an idiot. He was an idiot 25 <laughs> years ago. I don't, I don't, so this is a much bigger than being an idiot. This is much bigger than being an idiot. He's always, he's always, he's always, they're not for nothing. Again, he's the, the like the, the darling of the liberals. This was the guy who, when Obama won the nomination, was like, oh, well, he's, a, he's one of the clean ones. He's articulate and he's going to really shine this guy and take him out. And people were like, oh my God, dude. That was in 2008. I mean, right there, they should have been like, dude, put Uncle Joe in the closet and let's just pretend he doesn't exist until he dies. So you're telling me he's just as bad now as he was in 2008? Yes. Yes. And as he was in 1977 when he made the comment about the urban jungle or whatever it was. Yes. When he was signing. In, in that Putin. comment he made in Poland is very dangerous because if, if Putin doesn't see a, a place for himself after this uh, war ends, then you're just going to fuel his desperation. That's and what's right. he going to do then? Some sort of uh, uh, suicide by cop uh, exit strategy? Well, I think we're screwed with him anyway, Mike, because uh, listen. Yeah, it's, it's not a good situation. Guy, but he's not. He's so insulated. Oh, a million percent. And I agree with you, too. I mean, listen, he's looking to be provoked because he's not going to pull out. That would be hugely mm -hmm. embarrassing. So that's off the table. This guy's got to go all in. 
and he's obviously looking to to be baited in to make it a, a maybe a nuclear move, a, a minor nuclear, right? Yeah. So there's I, when we say nuclear, I know everybody gets a little panicky, but there are megaton nuclear bombs, like Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but there are smaller ones. They they the Russians do have smaller. We have you know all nuclear powers have them. They do make smaller capability nuclear weapons. We're not destroying the entire tree and they're i mean they're using the what is a thermobolic or thermal what is it you know the ones i'm talking yeah, about the thermobolic missiles yeah uh where they just everything it just evaporates off the face of the earth yeah as it, it, hits. it draws it just yeah creates yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's probably as bad as a nuclear blast that might so, even but, hurt more so you know like we're giving them 800 million 800 billion 800 billion dollars worth of uh, uh, military equipment, stingers. Yeah, I think it's over like 1.3 billion by this point. Yeah, yes, like, thank you. But you know, we're giving them stingers, right? We're giving them AT4s. We're giving them javelins. We're giving them ammunition. We're giving them all this, these weapons that are designed to kill people. That, that mean, there's only one design for these weapons, people. It's to hurt and kill others. Now, it's what to is break things and kill people. What is the difference? Between a j defensive javelin and an offensive javelin, can you can any? I was in the military for twenty years. I'm guessing and I can't tell you the that defensive difference. take out things coming in and offensive or launched at things. Do or do you, you not know or you? I don't know. There's no, such, there's no such defensive weapons. Oh, so they're just all offensive. You're just shooting the missile. What are weapons designed to do? Well, destroy. Tell me what defense. Tell me in the word destroy in the definition destroy in any kind of you know. You want to phrase in any way you want. Where does defense come in with the word destroy? It doesn't. It doesn't. There is no such thing as destroy. You wouldn't think. Defense. You wouldn't think, but that's so you here's know. my point. A real shot block. Here's my like, point. I think the defense comes in if you have enough of these weapons, then then you'll thwart any uh, a potential attack. Yes, yes, but that's that's through that's through uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Here? Mutual assured destruction. No, no, that's through deterrence, right? So having right. a huge stockpile is through deterrence. That's strength yep. through arms, that's, right? So what my point is this: we're 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 beating around the bush here as a as a, as a leader in the in the free world, trying to play semantics games with offensive defensive weapons. When they're all there is no such thing as a defensive weapon. Every weapon out there is designed to kill. Designed to maim, designed to hurt, designed to destroy. So, we're we, let's just say it the way it is: the United States is providing Ukraine, and a lot of people are with, with lethal weapons. weapons. Yes. Well, now, and so here's why, and I've said this before, and I still kind of think it that this is a big bluff on his part. That I think his perception of the right wing's perception that Joe Biden's a weak person, and maybe not all there. The fact that we had a fractured relationship with NATO, thanks to the other guy, um, that maybe the United States wouldn't even get involved if NATO had an issue. Or, or whether NATO, I mean, not for nothing, but the U.S. hasn't taken the lead on the NATO response. Absolutely not. They don't, they're not interested. And uh, my understanding is, is the leaders in Europe are thinking, this idiot's going to lose in two years anyway. Trump's probably coming back. You can't, the U.S. is done for them. Europe is like, we got to do this on our own. To the point, they were like, literally like, Germany, build your army up like 1945. 
that that's the world that we're living in now where people are like germany's got a great army again yay that's a, that's not the world we want to live in like that that's what that's what gets me but listen this guy says if anybody were to like get involved right if we were to enforce the no fly zone it's like but we're already shooting they're using our stuff to shoot you now we're also, he, he's already you know what i'm saying He's lying exactly. because we're totally involved. Exactly. He knows we're that's totally my, involved. So point. again, do you guys, what do you guys think of the idea that he's just sort of hoping, I don't know, that some opportunity opens up within that country? Uh, because again, if he wanted to, he could have already annihilated that place. So if he was going to use nuclear weapons, I think, A, I, I don't think he's going to. I really, really don't. I think he already would have. I think he might have already. He might. Have, I mean, he would have already if he was planning to. Is what yes. I'm getting at, right? And again, I've said it, and I'll say it again. He's. Everybody thinks he's losing his mind. Everybody thinks that he, you know. I don't. I think he's getting bum information. Number one, right from all his leadership surrounding him, he's getting bad information. Number one. Number two. He's a very smart man. He was the head of the KGB. Oh, yeah, dude, no God doubt sakes. about it. I'd say the same thing. Trump's not a stupid person either. You don't become not, a, you're not a businessman if you're stupid. He knows that if he launches a nuclear weapon, there's going to be so many more launched to him, and it's going to be suicide for him. And he right. raised power more than anything. How does the country that launches the next nuclear weapon, uh, like the ones in, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki on a, a country – how does that country expect to live in the, a world after that? Exactly. They, they're, 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 I don't see a scenario where they're, they're capable of doing that because the rest of the world would line up against them. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I, I'm not afraid of this nuclear threat. I think it's a big bluff. I think Joe Biden needs to answer Zelensky's call. Right? When he said, please step up and be the, freeder, the leader of the free world, be the leader of peace. I think Joe Biden should do that and be like, you know what? I dare you. Yeah. I think he would. I think his fear is what you guys would say. Doesn't he have some ties to Ukraine? He does, yeah. They do a lot of business there, the Bidens. Yeah. Legit, they do. It's all uh, it's all above board, but they do a lot of business there. <laughs> why 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 isn't the why wasn't the Ukraine allowed in in in, in the uh uh United Nations, do you, you remember the number one reason why they did not allow them in? Oh, so you, you do understand that in 2012, you're going to love this. This is going to blow up your point. Your guy, Paul Manafort, mm. got a pro-Putin president elected in Ukraine. Two years later, they ran that son of a bitch out in a coup. They were like, he was the most corrupt person on the planet. Yeah. Zelensky replaced that guy. So the perception that that country is – they were it, – it, it's a funny story. Zelensky became famous in that country because he played like a like a ding-dong who becomes the president I mean, because of – yeah, because of corruption. So and Joe then he Biden, really won. So Joe Biden's dealings was all with Zelensky as president. So that's great news. I'm, I'm glad we've, we've, we've uncovered the truth there <laughs> because he wasn't involved with any of the corrupt governments prior to Zelensky's. Well, no. Uh, Biden wasn't in office. Trump was. You remember it was actually the call that Trump, the only call Trump ever made to Zelensky that actually got him impeached. So wrong again. Um, there was no quid, quid pro quo. He was impeached for it. Joe Biden. Did he get impeached for it? 
Did Joe Biden get impeached for it? No. Are we talking about so, Joe Biden or are we talking about Donald Trump? Well, I, I said— We're talking about Donald— I, we're talking about Joe Biden. I said Donald Trump got impeached for the Zelensky call. Mike, And you, you remember, said something about a right. quid pro quo. So his, his response when I get him is always Trump. That's it, right? So I know when I get him— because no, we're talking about Zelensky. I feel right. like Zelensky's an so, important figure here. Do you remember when Joe Biden, as vice president, said, no, there's an actual quid pro quo. You're not getting this freaking money for military arms until you fire this guy. And then went on television and bragged about it. Yeah, that it. guy was the he was like the corruption leader. That was the whole point was to get that bad guy out. I, I remember you know, that like, being reported. Give money but... if this guy's just going to steal it. He and was a prosecutor. It. He wasn't in the government. He fired a prosecutor. That was that's not true. That's incorrect. He wasn't a prosecutor. That's that's nonsense. Trust me on that. It's I've heard <laughs> that before. It's not true. He wasn't a prosecutor. The person that Joe Biden wanted fired. The person Joe Biden wanted fired had nothing to do with that. Into no, the stop. Okay. Yeah, Again, it's like this is like show me the knowledge. No, it's not it's public like, knowledge. It's things that right wing media says, and people eventually like, yeah, that must have happened. They wouldn't keep saying it. You just would, like the Hunter Biden. You wouldn't think right? you could. Well, just like the Hunter Biden. What's on the Hunter? Wasn't real. wasn't real. Mike. No, wasn't Mike. real, wasn't Mike. Mike. Yep. Fake news. The, the Russian Trump, disinformation, right? The Mike? Trump Justice Department has had the Biden laptop in its possessions. They went through it. There's nothing on it. It exists. They didn't find anything on it. So that's it doesn't help not, your case. That's, that's nothing to not find. And you're Did they wipe it? That. Did they gonna, wipe the whole thing? You're going to keep saying that, and I'm, I'm just— Maybe it'll come out. When the evidence comes out, you show it to me, and I'll be like, dude, we're let's friends. get the Bidens. We're, I'd be all about we're it. We're friends, all right? So I'm trying to save you a lot of egg on your face. Maybe maybe there all will right. be, but as of right now— for you, Joe. As of right now, I as of right you, now, man. there's not even eggs. <laughs> there's not even—there's not even—I want to—show me the eggs. And if you show me the eggs and the eggs are corrupt, then you can smack them right on my forehead. So when when it comes out, we will get there. Yeah. But what has come out, right? And yep. the reason why I bring it up and the whole topic of this is why did it get called disinformation in the first place? Why was it suppressed from all social medias in the yeah, first no. place? Well, I, when, I, I can tell you why. But, I'll tell you why. Well, this, it honest. was exactly the same reason Jim Comey came out before the 2016 election and said, I'm not charging Hillary Clinton because they knew that they had been hacked and that they knew that there was a, a the public release coming, the big dump. And again, in that dump, there was nothing. Hold on. I nothing, there was nothing to say, see. I thought you were going to say because it wasn't you know, proven. If it was proven, we would have seen it. They would have just been like, oh, here's Hunter's thing. Here's all this evidence about corrupt. But they, they didn't because it doesn't exist. So the New What York is he waiting Post for? What out, is Trump waiting for to show us? The it? New York Post came out and said, here's this laptop that was found, right? That then he, you that, got that, that, that Hunter left in a Delaware store. Correct. Store. He and kind of abandoned it because there was nothing of use on it. Well, you know what? Tony Bobolinsky is, what, a complete and utter liar as well? He's making stuff up. The Republican operative. Uh, I hate to say that maybe they okay, would, so but he wasn't there. But but he hold wasn't on. Part of it. Let's talk He's about the figment of go our to the FISA courts and go to the FISA courts. Them in there right If after. you would have told me that somebody from the Justice Department would have gone to FISA and lied about the Steele dossier, that shocks me. I'm I'm so pissed by that. I mm. still am wondering why we haven't we haven't completely reformed the FISA courts. 
That should never happen again. Well, I think Durham's that was gonna, a terrible thing that happened, and I've I've, I've said that. I think Durham's going to. But end so up. doing it the other way, ah, it doesn't. You, you're losing me. I know, but you know what? All those media outlets they ran with so much other actual disinformation. Why yes. do they? Why do they? Get, this is my point. I don't care about the actual disinformation. My point is, who put, who made these people the gatekeepers? Right? Who made these people the gatekeepers? And when they decide, who? Why do they get to decide what gets seen and what doesn't? Fair enough. Again, the case of 2016, when Jim Comey came out, he said, "This is very unprecedented, but I feel like this needs to be done." And he wasn't—he was a Republican, registered Republican. I mean, again, people are like, "Ah, Comey, the liberal." He was a Republican, like Bob Mueller was. Again, Bob this, Mueller this is. No, we we could do a whole show on what Bob Mueller found. I would be happy to talk to you about it because literally when he went before Congress and they were like, "So I guess there's nothing to do." He was like, "If I said if I if I meant to say this exonerated the president, I would have said that." And I didn't say that. It, it was on Congress to make a move from there. He laid out the evidence as he saw it. There was there was no smoking gun as we were looking for. Okay. There was certainly enough evidence where they certainly could have. Uh, impeached him and and gone that route, but they didn't. It, no, you're These right. These guys impeached him over Un, I know. anything. Oh, Unbelievable. They, they would have impeached him over. Well, a again, show. how many times have I told you that the Democrats are stupid and incompetent <laughs> and ineffective? I say it all the time. Again, I I could look at the camera and say I hate Donald Trump. Like that I doesn't mean I love Joe right? Biden. I think the Democrats are so stupid. I think they say and do stupid things a lot. They're very well intentioned, but most of the time the messaging comes out. And it sounds dumb. And America rejects that. America wants to believe that there's crack pipes in those kits. Okay? America wants to believe that 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 all Democrats want prisoners to get transgender reassignment surgery. What? No, they don't. They just want everybody to pay for it. No. Nobody wants that. Like, nobody wants that. You know what Democrats don't want? Nobody wants open borders. I hear that all the time. I've never met a Democrat that wants open borders ever in my life. Oh, are we going to talk about the border situation? Because you we don't know, have to talk about the border situation. Weeks, right? This isn't about the border. This is literally about the, the right wing media says something. They just keep repeating it until people just kind of gradually start to believe it. And are then it makes, it makes everything the, sound reasonable. Are you telling me there's that's good marketing across that border? It's a, at a higher rate than ever before? There sure are. Why wouldn't okay. they? I, who, okay. who doesn't love America? Who doesn't want to come here? Who doesn't love America? I can yes. name five people in Congress. You, again, see, you're, you're going back to that. Oh, again, I mean, I, 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 when, I can when, name five people when, in when, when people say that, I, I mean, I think that's, and, and I love you to death, that's a ridiculously silly thing to say. To, to suggest somebody in Congress doesn't love america are you serious their job is to literally legislate this country you don't like their policies say that no, no, say no, no. i don't like their no, policies no, 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 that's no, 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 fine no. you think when they hate you, america when you go on, i mean you you listen you, you guys are the party of white supremacists it, they well, can't hate america i don't they can't hate america because they they're able to hold national office let's own up they're right? able to hold national office and vote themselves the best benefit package of any place on earth. And you know, a lot of it comes with 100% survivorship of the benefits to their, uh, their spouse. Second to none, they'd vote for that for themselves.
Of course they love America. That happens in America. I don't that, think you're that allows them. And that, leads, that brings me to a bigger point where I believe that a lot of these younger class, right? These younger class, and don't worry, I'm going to get to the older ones too. But these younger class <laughs> politicians don't care about this country. They don't. They care about making their freaking voices heard. They're, they care about making their little, and also their little pocketbooks bigger. And that's it. They don't, if they cared about this freaking country, they want to do half the shit that they've done. Well, they, have story, yeah, they would be productive and they would compromise and negotiate, but that's out the window. Because again, it's about two parties. Everybody digs in. No one wants to compromise. Nobody wants to give an inch. Nobody wants to budge at all. And this is what we get. We get yeah, they have, they have different visions of America and they love their vision and they don't like the other person's vision of America. So it's not that they hate America. They just love their own vision of it. Yes. I'll buy that. I like that. Say that. That makes me feel better. I don't think anybody hates America that well, lives you know, in America. No, I, I that works for that. America. I can't because when you get up on national television and tell people that racism started here, that this is the most racist country on the face of the earth, that you know cops are going Who around. Who said this is the most everybody. racist country on the face of the earth? Cop, the squad. Which no, right? no, 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 no. Cops are going no one's around ever, just picking no, up. I, I don't people. think I. Honestly, have ever heard any one of them say it's the most racist country? And they're getting picked off. You know, colored people are never heard picked off by the cops at the cycle grade. Well, that is true. They do get shot a lot. Again, Mm -hmm. dude, we've talked about. Look, here's my Mike. This is the other thing that pisses me off. When I hear people like, "Dude, more white people are killed. Why are cops killing people?" Well, if you look at if you look at it per capita, James, when unarmed people when unarmed people get shot, that's called murder. That's called murder. How many unarmed people have gotten shot in the past two years? Well, last year there was 680 some odd white people and like 300 black people. So like a thousand unarmed people got shot by the cops. When That's not said, cool. That's, the defense shouldn't be on. They're shooting everybody out here. No. And that really isn't an apples to apples comparison. You got to look at the per capita rate. You know how many how many African Americans in the country and how many get killed. By- I. Any time a person gets killed by a cop that doesn't have a weapon and is seemingly not a threat, I'm like, I, I don't care what color the person was. I need an explanation there. You're you're law enforcement. You're not judge, jury, and executioner. If you pull a gun on a cop and he blows your brains out, I I applaud the cop. Great job. That's your job. Blow away people that have guns that are aiming them at you or anybody else. But if somebody gets pulled over for a tail light and ends up dead, what what are we doing? Well, some America. of them have been pulling out a cell phone, which is not a good decision to make. But yet again, it was it wasn't a gun, and they've gotten shot. So it's it's really a, a complex issue, and I don't think a, I don't know how much time we got left, but I don't think we're going to really contribute a lot positively to that debate in the time we have left. <laughs> Perhaps enough. another show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a curious observation. Your you, your show is named uh, uh, "Divided We Stand." Yet you two guys are sitting. <laughs> we're old and we're overweight. We were gonna stand. <laughs> we were gonna try to. Burn and you're them. honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, I'm 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 not gonna lie to you. My body is really broken. And uh, I just can't, st- I don't think I can stand this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. 
All right, Mike. We're gonna we got to take a quick break, so we're gonna say good night to you, Mike. Thank you very much. Oh, for hey, good night. Really appreciate it. It's been fun and lively. I enjoyed it. <laughs> we'll have you back. I promise. Oh, super. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you so much, man. It was awesome. All right. We'll chat. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, we're back. All righty. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome back. Um, yeah, here's a little segment I like to call uh, Joe's Two Minutes of Craft. Here Take it comes, on. people. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, this past week, uh, there was a gun violence bill uh, that, that came up here in Connecticut. Uh, it was heavily debated. Over 400 people came up to Hartford State Capitol. Um, I, 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 here's the thing. And I hate to say this, I don't see there being a big gun violence problem in Connecticut. Crime is up. We've seen a lot of carjacking. And there's been, uh, I think, about five murders in the last 10 days. Again, mostly in the city where they generally happen when they do happen, which isn't all that often in Connecticut. So one of these bills would have declared gun violence a public health emergency. The idea would be to set up a gun violence prevention office at the public health department. And they would be collecting data on gun violence, and they would administer grants to organizations in in Connecticut that are committed to reducing gun violence. Now, I think part of that is just some sort of leftover from the the Sandy Hook thing, right? We're very sensitive to gun violence, obviously, in this state because of that. Now, some of the speakers, of course, were very concerned about reducing the rights of gun owners, and that's legit. That's something that people should be concerned about because— I want to talk about the Second Amendment for a second. If you're an originalist, you don't believe the Constitution should stray from the original text. You think it should be exactly the way they wrote it the very first time. There it is. Unfortunately, you can't do that because then you'll lose the Bill of Rights, which were not in the original text. That's why they're called amendments. So let's toss that out the window. Also understand this, that when they wrote that amended constitution, most people were really big supporters of the Third Amendment. Do you know what the Third Amendment is? That's the Quartering Act. Yes, that's right. British soldiers were living in colonialists' homes. The Second Amendment really was to help you with the Third Amendment. You want to get rid of those British troops? A gun. Two, three. That's why those are what they are. Now, great news for gun owners. 
The Constitution requires two-thirds of both houses of our Congress. Can you imagine that? Of them ever, two-thirds of both houses, of the 535 people in there, two-thirds of that, 66%. Do the math. Crack these people up. Also, you need three-quarters of the states. That's 38 out of 50. Where's that happening? It's not. Never. It's, not it's never going to happen. So people, to repeal an amendment, that's what it requires. The Second Amendment's not going away, ever. And I got news for you, neither is the 14th. Let's talk about the 14th Amendment for a minute, go. shall we? This is important. The Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution provides a fundamental right to privacy. It's a beautiful, beautiful amendment. It also happens to be what abortion falls under. Now, special interest groups with dark money are trying to chip away at abortion rights. On the other side, they're chipping away at gun rights. These are two different special interest groups with dark money on opposite sides. And they've got you guys battling it out like dum-dums. Rather than play pawns in their game, why don't we why don't we learn to band together on the rights that were guaranteed in the Constitution? Now, you're probably saying to yourself, rightly so, Jimmy, it does say guns in the Constitution. Show me where it says abortion. Yeah. You could say that if you wanted to, because it doesn't say abortion in the Constitution. But, and I know you're going to hate this, that's why we need activist judges on the court. Because the Constitution doesn't say a lot of things. It doesn't address cars, electricity, oil, computers. God, none of those things are mentioned in the Constitution. So how could we ever know what to do? Well, I'll tell you how. Congress introduces a bill. The president signs the bill. It becomes a law. Somebody sues. It goes to the courts. Eventually, if it's never been covered before, all the way to the Supreme Court. Somebody has to decide what the rights are. And they try their best to interpret the Constitution. I think that's pretty cool. And I think that's as it should be. Now, listen, we have a right to privacy. I'm vaxxed, I'm boosted. I got a flu shot this year. None of that's covered by HIPAA, people, because my doctor's not saying that. It's me. I'm telling you that. So it's okay. Let's get the facts down. Facts are important. Stop mm. saying HIPAA when someone asks if you're vaccinated. Unless it's a doctor, no sweat. The guarantees we have in, uh, in the amendments are literally the only rights that were given to citizens in the precious Constitution, and we've been fighting for them ever since 1787. The amendments were actually intended to limit the government. So I don't know why anybody would ever want to give any of these things up. I couldn't agree with you more there. Jeff. I forget your pro-choice. That takes all the fun out of that, doesn't it? You, you know, I, we can argue about abortion. We really can because there's only one reason I'm pro-choice. There's only one. Do I believe in abortion? Absolutely not. Do I, I don't believe, either. Hate do it. I believe anybody should get an abortion? Absolutely not. Do I think it's because of uh, uh, God and, and religious reasons? Absolutely not. I think that every wife has, deserves a chance, right? And there are plenty of people out there, and I am adopted. So this may be why there there are plenty of people out there that want to have children that can't. Yeah. And that my brother, you know, and, and his wife spent oh my God, ungodly 
ungodly amount of money to try to have a baby. I had a cousin drop 150k yeah, on that too. Ungodly. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's nice that someone's taking advantage of people who want to have a baby. You know what I'm saying? Capitalism in its finest, mm -hmm. but so I don't believe in abortion at all. I, and I would tell everybody, don't get an abortion. And I would, I would uh, 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 fight for not repealing Roe versus Wade, but limiting abortion uh, abortions even more than it is right now. To what? You know what? I haven't really, I haven't really given that much thought, and this is why. And I'm going to tell you why, because who am I to tell you? And this is why I'm pro-choice. Who who am I to judge? Who am I to tell you what you've gone through through your life, through the circumstances, and why you are pregnant? You know, in this way, who am I? I'm nobody, and neither is anybody else to tell you who, what to do with not your body because it's not your body anymore. And I, and this is another belief of mine. It's not your body anymore. I agreed with everything you said, literally up until the "it's not your body anymore." Has he tried telling your wife this? Yes. What does she think of this? Uh, we agree on a lot of it. Uh, a lot of. She this. agrees on the "it's not her body anymore" when she has a baby. No, 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 no. It's not what I'm saying. Obviously, it's her body. Right, but it's also but the baby's body. You're not killing your body. Right. You're not aborting your body anymore. Right. You're not. So abortion really doesn't come into your body. So I don't understand my body, my choice. I understand right. I can decide what I can do with my body, but you're not you're not deciding for your body anymore. Most, you're deciding for another living organism. Most states after uh, a heartbeat's detected, which what's that I think six weeks, I right? So viability comes at about twenty weeks, right? Where that it can live outside the womb. I'm all for no abortions after 20 weeks. Okay, I I I don't want abortions after 20 weeks. I don't want to, after 37 weeks. That's a full pregnancy. Yeah, that qualifies full pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. Now again, there's this myth that there's liberals out there pulling babies out at at 37 weeks and cracking them over the head with a hammer. That would never happen. That would be murder, and everybody in the room would go to prison for that. Okay, you can't you can't deliver a baby and kill it. That's actually murder. So that's not allowed. As a matter of fact, in 43 states, anything after 37 weeks is completely forbidden. Uh, seven states have exceptions for uh, life of the mother. Right. Okay. Yes. A lot of states are trying to roll this back to six weeks. And Jimmy, you've had sex with a woman, so you know they wouldn't know at six weeks if they were pregnant or not. There are a lot of women out there that would not know it's six weeks. You would not know it's six weeks. So again, 20 is reasonable. Again, the idea of this, and if it, it, when the fetus gets to the point where it could survive without the mother, that's a person to me. Now we've crossed the threshold of what I think, to me, again, and I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a religious person, but to me, when you tell me this thing's viable outside the womb, now I feel like we are talking about something that probably has some rights under our Constitution. So would you also agree that every person that is in jail right now for double homicide, for killing a pregnant woman, should not be in there for double homicide and just a single, depending if, on the age of the fetus? If the fetus was viable, then you should be charged with double murder. If the fetus is under 20 weeks, unfortunately, again, because you know I like to be consistent, I would say you you've murdered a pregnant woman. 
All right. Your you know? consistency, it, I mean, is, I, I don't think there's any other way to be with that. Like, to me, that just makes the most sense. I, I, I have again, daughters. Again. I have daughters, and I've been very open and honest with my daughters about sex and about all this kind of stuff because I don't ever want them to – I want them to be educated and know to avoid that sort of stuff. But also, I mean, my, my older daughter is like uh, graduating from college in three years and wants to get a master's. She's like super fast track. She's on her second radio job, excellent, excellent. right? She's a superstar. A pregnancy right now would be bad for her. The idea that she could terminate that pregnancy, I'd be disappointed. I'm sure she would too. She's not ready to do that right now. The idea of her, you know, and again, I, I listen. There are choices. Well, it's called being pro-choice. No, 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 no. But before you even get to that point, Joe, right? And I'm sure your daughter's a very intelligent person. I'm sure you're a very responsible father, and you taught her all these precautions that you can take to prevent those steps. Yes. Okay. So as long as I mean, so there are ways out there. There are um, many, many means out there to prevent even getting to the point of having to decide for a divorce. Well, and this is why, and I know you agree with me on this, which is another reason I love you, but sex education in schools is important. Yes, it is. Okay. At the appropriate age. Yes, 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 yes. At the appropriate age. And you know what? That should vary by the teachers in the schools should have a sense of like, oh, you know what? These fifth graders, probably these eighth graders, never been. If you've got fourth so you, graders so that are sexually agree? active, your school's real messed up. So would you agree that kindergartners, so let's say to third graders, yes, shouldn't be Jimmy, I know exactly what you're stuff. talking about, and I, 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 <laughs> I don't. I listen. I don't. But the idea of just ignoring it is stupid. If a kid asks a question, you got to answer it. I, I was talking to a Jamaican woman today, and I told her when I went, I went to parochial school. Uh, and, and it was in a very diverse town, but we lived, it was like a, the whole school was white. I think there was one adopted Asian kid, no kidding. Did we live in the same town? He no, was Filipino, was this fellow. Oh, okay. He was a Filipino kid. Uh, very smart dude, by the way. Um, and then a black family showed up. They were Jamaican, no accent or anything cool like that. Uh, the dad did, but but the, the mom and, and the kids didn't. The the oldest daughter was a year younger than me. Uh, my brother and and her little brother were in the same class, became really tight, uh, and she had a sister two years younger than her. Everything was cool. I mean, us white kids were like, whoa, my, my kids here. Wow. We knew what black kids were. We'd seen them, uh, but never up close. And... You know, it's a Catholic school. We're very warm and welcoming. Well, Halloween came. They're Jehovah's Witnesses. No Halloween costumes for the Olivers. Mm. And we were like, hey, how come the Olivers aren't wearing costumes? And they were like, don't worry about that. (laughs) Nobody wanted to tell the kids that these guys had a religion that forbids that. It's just 120 kids, K through 8. You're telling me you couldn't sit those kids down and be like, guys, listen, this is a, <laughs> it's a lesson in inclusion and, and like just so we, the next year that they just ban Halloween costumes for everybody. And guess who hated the Olivers? Everybody. Everybody. You know, and I thought. But it wasn't because they were black. No, it had nothing to do Absolutely with that. Right? It was just, we lost Halloween because when, again, I'm sure there was some element of racism for some people because everybody, again, right? Nobody knew why. It just, it just was a thing and it was easy to. It's their fault, okay? I don't see color. I'm just kidding. 
Um, I hate that. How could you not see color? You know, I've noticed that Jimmy's Asian. It would be cool if I'm like, dude, I never noticed you were Asian before. What? I would be like, are you stupid? Right? I want to talk to you. Yeah. You're an idiot. You didn't <laughs> at all. Didn't see any of this. Yeah. I mean, dude, again, I like, I've always been the kind of person like, I, I'm interested in other people. Hey. I'm interested in other cultures and stuff. And so I've always been one where like, I want to know stuff. I want, I want to ask questions and learn more. And like you said it earlier today, hours ago today, not on the show or anything. You talked about how proved we are in this state. I think in the whole country. In the country. That's what I mean. Oh, you yeah. did say the whole country. The oh, yeah. Okay, country good. Proved. Yeah, it's so much incredibly proved. It's so weird because, you know, our society is supposed to be so hip and liberal. Yeah. You know what I mean? You start talking about, like, I don't know, anal, and people are like, ah! Oh, like, all right, dude, relax. Boobies. Oh, my yeah. God. Side boob on TV? Forget it. Uh, there's a comedian, uh, Mark Norman, I think his name, and he does a whole bit about uh, boobs and which ones are legal. He's like, man boobs? Gross. Legal. <laughs> Women boobs? Amazing. Illegal. There's something wrong with that. That's, <laughs> a, that's a bad plan. So I really enjoyed your anecdote of uh, your uh, the one black family and losing uh, costumes. Because I believe it really speaks to what's going on today. And the reason why they got rid of those costumes was because of one word. And it's called empathy. And empathy is very, very dangerous when you're trying to lead. Because you forget that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And when you concentrate on the few, the needs of the many get left behind. And that's what's happening right now. That's what's happening. We're catering to a very small minority. We're catering to a very small group of people and telling the very, very large vast majority, no, no, you need to change the way you think. You need to change everything that you've been taught. You need to change what science has told you for years and years. Wait, are we talking about transgender people? Did that just happen? <laughs> because we want to cater not just to transgender, but we want to cater to the very, very small minority. And that's wrong. You can't do that. And this is why, hold on, and this is why come November, it's going to be bad. It is going to be ugly for the Dems. Do you know why Liz Warren was never competitive for the Democratic nomination? I can't wait to hear your take on this. Liz Warren, who's, a, I think, a great progressive thinker, Liz Warren, on her website, like, no joke, like, elect Liz Warren 2016 or 2020. I forget which even one this was. It must have been 2020. It was the 2020. Um, she, it's, she was the one who wanted to uh, secure sexual assignment surgery for prisoners. Yes, 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 that's right. Yes, she was the one that uh, tax-funded. Tax, tax funded. funded. Right. <laughs> now, again, hilarious in this state, and I mean that ironically, uh, you know about the Cheshire home invasion murders? Of course. Okay. Um, the, the, more, the more disgusting of the two, Stephen Hayes, the older guy, the bald guy, the one that, that killed the mom and, and, and raped her, um, the, he's currently tr suing to force the state 
to pay for his gender reassignment surgery. And here's what I here's my thought on that because that son of a bitch was uh, sentenced to death, and then the liberals made a huge mistake in getting the death penalty overturned. I think the death penalty should have high standards, but the death penalty and the Cheshire home invasion. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up because it was one of the most horrific, horrific. things of all time. Um, and it changed Connecticut forever. Yes. Okay. This it was changed. a wealthy town in Connecticut suburb that was safe, kind of place where they probably didn't always, they locked the doors now. It changed policing around the country. It's not only did the Pettit case and, but Sandy Hook. So Connecticut now has two major tragedies in its history that actually changed policing around the country. Mm -hmm. They were so horrific and it was so bad that they're, they were like, hold, we got to do something else because what we're doing isn't working. That's how bad they were. Thank you, Connecticut. Right? Yeah. So I, I like that you're talking about this, and I like that you brought up gun control earlier, right? And I know it's getting late. I know we got to wrap this show up. But uh, uh, we're spending – I forgot. Did you say how much the, the proposal was to spend? To spend on all this, this new task force for gun control laws and stuff like that? But it's because it's got to be millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, of course. Right? So let's just say that it's, on a very, very low one, it's we'll just say you know ten million dollars. How much money are they putting in? And this is what I have, this is my one question for Ned Lamar, right? How much money are they dedicating to getting rid of the illegal guns on the street? Because that's what I want. I don't. You know what? You want to make universal background checks great. You 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 want to make it, those guns illegal great. Don't talk to me about that. I already know the laws. Talk to me about what you're doing. Talk to me about what you're doing about the illegal guns. Um, by the way, <laughs> my daughter's boyfriend, Zach, uh, just posted, hey, slow your roll, Pop. No babies. Zach, <laughs> you know I love you and I trust you and you're a good dude. Um, again, I, and, and, and again, more to the point, though, is just women in general. I mean, my, my daughter's a very ambitious person. She has big dreams. When she's ready to have a baby, we're all we'll all be very excited about that. That'll be great. I think the problem becomes right. You know, I, I there was um eight hundred thousand abortions a year. There's only twenty thousand adoptions, and I I was listening to um an interview the other day uh, with the woman who heads the uh, rally for life that came to Connecticut last week, and she said we're just trying to bridge the gap a little bit. You know, if we can get some of these women to, to maybe have these babies and give them up, we can put them in good families that are looking for babies. And I thought, that's a totally reasonable argument to make. Like, that's a totally, to, to you, listen, you can't go bullying women and be like, you have to, because God put the baby in. Like, that kind of stuff is where I'm like, dude, leave them alone. <laughs> you know, but the idea of, listen, going to a woman and being like, listen, you know, you do have options. You can't pressure people one way or the other, but listen, this is a viable option. We'll find you a really good family that'll take care of this kid. Because I think deep down, most women don't want to have abortions. Uh, yeah, I, you know? I don't know. I don't want to speak for any woman. Well, I, I'll tell you, statistically speaking, about 43% of abortions are actually done by mothers with more than three children. I, I read that stuff. Right? Stuff That's I a have. thing. And so it's like, oh, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, it's 20-year-old whores. They just they, go out and they have abortions on Saturday so they can go and do more banging next Friday. It, that's not, this is just not the reality of abortions. 
again, it's one of those things where I feel like the right kind of remember Rush Limbaugh when he called was it Sandra Fluke? He called her a slut because she wanted birth control covered under under Obamacare. I don't think he called. He her called a her a slut. slut. Look it up. Sandra Fluke is her name. He called her a slut on his show. This slut wants us to pay for her 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 birth control. She can go out there sleeping around. It's like she has a boyfriend. And she doesn't want him to knock her up because she's in college. I mean, look, I have a problem with tax money paying for birth control anyways. I really do. I mean, again, this is a personal decision. You're what about Viagra? I pay for my own. <laughs> <laughs> and have it shipped discreetly to the house. And on that note, Joe, <laughs> I know that the entire, you know, you two world knows that I take Viagra. But they also know you have sex, so that's cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, take me when you don't really need it. But anyways, uh, oh. thank you very much, everybody, for listening to Divided We Stand. I truly appreciate you tuning in for Joe Aguirre. I am Jim Battisi saying we'll see you next time. As we are in another year living through a worldwide pandemic, it's important to protect yourself and your loved ones. You've worked hard for the things you have, and for the people you share them with. But what if something tragic happened to you? While it's dark and difficult to think about the prospect you won't be around in the future, it will be a reality one day. If you have young children, who will be your children's guardian? If you've been divorced and remarried, will your children from your prior marriage be taken care of? Or if you want to donate to a certain charity after you pass, will those wishes be fulfilled? What will happen to your assets and your estate? If you already have a will or trust, you enjoy that peace of mind. If you don't have a will or trust, contact attorney Nia Serdosky at NCS Law, 860-966-9968. Attorney Serdosky is an estate planning attorney in Connecticut who can explain the differences and benefits of wills and trusts and give you the peace of mind that your affairs are in order and that your loved ones and your estate are provided for and safe. NCS Law. Practicing peace of mind. 860-966-9968. Nia at ncsestateprobatelaw.com.